I want you to turn to Numbers 13. Numbers 13. And this, to me, we've talked about this before. I mean, we've brought this up before. But to me, the Lord put a different an emphasis on something I hadn't really thought about. You know, we, we know that we've been given promises, but have we possessed them? Have we possessed the promises? Are we doing something with them? <laughs> or do we just think, do we just think because we've been prayed for that God's going to just do it? Do we think that? Do we think that just because we prayed for someone to be healed? You know, God already did it in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what you do, you don't pray for it. You command it to manifest in their body. You put a demand upon healing to come forth. You put a demand upon peace to manifest in Jesus' name. Because Jesus has already, Jesus has already paid the price for every one of us to be saved, every one of us to be healed. Jesus has already paid the price. Amen? Amen. And so, so a lot of times, um, a lot of times, are we doing? Okay. We, we, we're going to try at some point in time put scripture verses up. I didn't know if we were doing that today or not. Okay, Numbers 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, everyone, a leader among them. And then um, go ahead and drop on down to, um, uh, let's see. I think we'll go over here too. And of course, they were sent out and everything. I mean, it was wonderful. Uh, and let's go to verse 25, please. Same chapter, 25. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. So right there you could hear the doubt come into the whole situation. Nevertheless, <laughs> we looked at the people and they're strong. <laughs> anyway, who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large, and moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The descendants of Anak were giants. And, and so Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites. And the Amorites are living in, in the hill country. And the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of Jordan. Then verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by, by all means go up and take and possess of it, for we shall supply or overcome it, or surely overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we devour, the land through which we have gone in spying it out is the land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were 
in their sight. Okay, and then um, verse in chapter 14, let's just go right on with that. Uh, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, you know, that didn't help their cause any by grumbling and complaining against the leadership. And the whole congregation said to them, what should they have done? They should have been praying, praying. The church should be praying, praying. And the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this wilderness? And why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to turn back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection had been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. So there's those are, there's a couple of things right there that you can apply right now through the death, burial, and resurrection. He's saying, do not fear. And do not rebel. You should be doing what the Lord tells you to do. And if you do what the Lord tells you to do, then he's going to bring a blessing and he's going to help you to inherit those promises that are ours. Amen? So you can see where where they they are, were being told not to rebel and not to be fearful. Um, verse 19, still their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That's just like talking, you know, when in Colossians it says that demonic influence have been stripped of their power. They are nothing. The church needs to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Remember? Remember? So, so we have been given authority to do that. And, and that is part of our job. Their protection has been stripped just like it was here in the Old Testament. It was stripped. They were stripped, but they, they still couldn't see that. Um, their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Is the Lord with you in whatever situation you're in? He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. He's not going to leave you an orphan. He's not going to say, hey, there's the promise. You handle it. No, he's given you the promise. He's going to be right there with you, walking through every step that you need to go, whether it's healing, whether it's a situation, a marriage situation, whether it's finances, he's walking step by step with you through every situation. Amen? Because he said he would do that. Now, if that's if you have a hard time believing that, then you need to go back to the basics and find out and get and establish your relationship with the Lord. If you have a hard time believing what he's done and who he is and how much he loves you and that he's for you and not against you. There's all kinds of scripture verses that way that, that you can meditate on to know the goodness of God for each one of you. Each one of you. I mean, if you just, if we just stop right there and you sit the rest of the time and meditate on the goodness of God, we've accomplished a great amount of things already. Just knowing the goodness of God. 
Now, I hadn't planned that God is good thing. I just heard, and so we did it. But God is good. God is good, but so much of the church think God's the one that's causing accidents. God's the one that's doing the evil. God's the one that did this. Well, why did God do that? Why did he take that person home? Why did he do that? God is good. We're dealing with a demonic. We're dealing with a devil that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what we're dealing with. But people have that question, especially if they've been in a denominational church. They believe that God has done all this to them. But see, we, we, we can't blame God. If you're going to blame God, how can you believe God for healing? How can you believe God for angels to encamp around you when you travel? How can you believe that if you believe God is the bad guy? God is the good guy. God is the good guy. And he wants to know that. He wants to hear that from us. And so he likes that when we talk about how good he is. Amen? He likes that. So so he's the good guy. He is the good guy. <laughs> um, yep. Okay, verse 19 again. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. So he had to say, do not fear. Several times, you know. Verse 20, I mean 10. But all thy, all the congregations said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of the meeting to all the sons of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst. We can stop right there. How how long will you not believe God, especially when you know God has moved in your behalf at many times? But it seems like the one time that we have a problem, we don't see God do something immediately, then God never did anything before that. That's what we think. We forget all that God has done for us. We do forget that. I mean, see, that's why we have to keep it before us. When God gives you a word like he's given some of you last week, or when God does something miraculous for you, or when you pray and answer, the answer comes, keep those things before you. Don't, don't discard them just because something doesn't quite go your way immediately. Don't discard that. Stay in a place of faith with that, because see, God said he would meet every need that you have. And it sometimes is not like this. Sometimes it's, well, you know, look at, if you want to look at how long we've been believing God for what he's bringing to pass. Richard was here 10 years. Dick and I had done it a number of years before that. We knew what God was wanting to do. Now, I will tell you, there were times, you know, especially when the pressure came of rejection or division, the pressure of that came. <laughs> there was one time somebody had offered us a pastoral job in Georgia, in Georgia, and we we looked at that. We looked at it. We did not have a witness. We were supposed to be here. God wanted us here to do a work for Him here. So we stayed put. And a lot of people didn't know that that that. Um, but see, there's pressures. The enemy puts the pressure on, and then he brings somebody along and says, "Hey, we gotta, we need a pastor over here in Georgia." You see how that works? But if you don't know what God has called you to do, if you don't know the steps that God wants you to take, 
you'd run off and do that. You know what I mean? You'd run off and do it. Ah, get away from this pressure. Well, you know, the pressure is nothing when you have Jesus as your Lord. And you can pray in the Holy Spirit, and that pressure just slides off of you like a water off of a duck. Is that right? Yeah, water off of a duck. And that pressure just, that pressure leaves. Amen? Amen. And see, there is, there is a blessing by staying put like we did. There's a blessing in that because we were obedient to hold this area. We were obedient to the Lord. So the Lord took care of us. The Lord blessed us because we were obedient to stay firm. Stand firm and do what he told us to do. Now, I'm not saying Richard going and doing what he was doing, that that was wrong. I'm not saying that was wrong. I just wasn't ready to do what I'm doing, you know. And so, but, but, you know, the Lord's revealed more to me, and I understand all the the transition things that have been going on. So, so God is good. Amen. But there is that, there is that pressure that comes to get you to buckle. But if you got to stay built up in the inner man, build up in your spirit man, pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues, confess the word. Amen. Worship. Worship is, is such a, a excellent place to get into his presence. You know, when Nathan was talking about being in his presence, I mean, you can get his presence just that it's already in sense it right now, just by talking about it. His presence is so, so awesome. And the more you spend time in his presence, the quicker it will come when you do go to get in his presence. You understand what I mean? Okay. okay. So, so his presence is wonderful, and it's doing a mighty work on you, whether you know it or not, every time you walk into his presence. Okay, so let's see, where were we? Um, so so how long, verse 11, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me and how long will they not believe in me despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? So keep those things that God has done for you, those big or small, little things, you know, little things he's done. You know, when finances would get tough for Dick and I, I, I you know, I've told you there's some months all we had was $300 to live on. And we go to our <laughs> we go to our mailbox, and there'd be an envelope with a hundred bucks in it. So you know, God said He would meet your needs. Amen. He said He'd meet every need. To. So so when finances were tough, <laughs> what I had to do is I always you know how these old horses that pull the plows, I put these they put these th- blinders on so they couldn't this way or this way. <laughs> That's why I just pretend I had blinders on so I couldn't see what was going on over here or over here. But I was focused right on Jesus meeting every need that we had. You know, every need. Every need that we had. Amen? Okay, so that's um, that was just free. Anyway, verse 12. I will smite them with pestilence and dis- dispo- dispossess them, and I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by thy strength thou didst bring up this people from their midst. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. They have heard that thou, O Lord, art in the midst of this people. For thou, O Lord, art seen eye to eye, while thy cloud stands over them. And thou dost go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. See, they had that miracle all the time they were looking at that. Can you can you picture a, a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? And yet they couldn't they couldn't believe God to go in and take the promised land, even though God had said it. But and they saw all those signs. 
Okay, so verse 15. Now, if thou dost slay this people as one man, then the nations who have heard of this, thy fame will say, because the Lord could not bring this people into land, which he promised. And so it goes on, let's see. Um, basically, there's a, a place of intercession that takes place. Verse 20, so the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. Verse 24, But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. So he was able to take possession. Caleb and Joshua both went into the promised land where the rest of them were in the wilderness for 40 years. They had spied out the land for 40 days. So each each day was a year. So they had to be in the wilderness for 40 years until they had, until uh, all of that, that, um, that group that had opposed God had died off. And then, then they were able to come into the land. Um, let's look at, um, Joshua then now. Let's go over to Joshua. This is, this, I want you to see the difference between, um, they couldn't, they couldn't, there was too many opposed to Joshua and Caleb wanting to go into, possess the promised land. They were opposed, so they had to stay in the wilderness. Well, then Joshua, then God, God said, okay, Moses has passed. Joshua, you're going to take him into the promised land. And so Joshua had no fear, no doubt, no unbelief. He took him into the promised land. But I want you to see, and see, that's what we have to have. When we have a promise, uh, a promise from the Lord that we're standing on, and and we we need to step off these areas and walk into the promised land, walk into that promise. I'm going to show you here in, um, let's start with uh, chapter 1 of Joshua, verse Three, and let's see. Let's look at how Joshua possessed the land. This is how we can do it then too. See, um, Israel had the promise. Remember, they had the promise to go into the promised land, but they refused to do it. They refused to. Um, uh, they refused to possess it. They refused to possess the promise. Amen. Okay, verse three. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as. I spoke to Moses. Okay. Okay. First, he was obedient to go. Joshua was obedient to go. He was stepping off and doing the promise. Okay. He was obedient to go. That's the first thing you have to do is be obedient. And I think that was in the word, wasn't it? In the song, to be obedient. Okay. Obedient to go. And then, um, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. So God is with you when you're going to possess what God has promised. God's with you, okay? Okay, and then... um Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land 
which I swore to their fathers to give them. So be strong and courageous. And that's the first time. There's more times he said. So you do not fear. Um, we can use, we can use, um, um, well, we can use healing as an example. So the promise is, the promise from God is that by his stripes, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Amen. That's the promise. So, but we have to possess that promise. We can't just say, oh yeah, by God's, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to get fearful the minute somebody talks to you about it? Are you going to be fearful? Are you going to let fear dominate you because you're dealing with a sickness and a disease? No, you're supposed to be courageous. You're supposed to go after that and see we need to meditate on the fact that Jesus' stripes paid the price for us. And so so you can see, so we we don't want to doubt, or we don't want to fear, and the reason we can get rid of doubt is if we start, if we continue to meditate on the fact that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. So we'll see some more of that here in just a minute. Um, you'll, you'll understand when we get going here. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from the right or the left. You don't turn from the right or the left, but you stay focused on Jesus. Turning from the right or the left, what, do you, what would you suppose that is? You don't turn and go to the right or the left. What do you suppose that is? Distracted, yeah, distracted. Areas that the world would pull you into, sin areas. The right or the left, you don't go right or you don't go left, but you stay focused on what God has promised you. You stay focused on that, okay? I mean, that's with any promise that God has given you, whether it's finances, whether it's healing, whether it's deliverance, whether it's freedom from fear, whether it's freedom from doubt and unbelief, whatever it is, you focus on Jesus. You don't go over here because you don't see him quite get it done fast enough. You don't go over here and try to do it in the world or over here unless he instructs you to do that, okay? So verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, and do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This, and then verse 8, so you want to do whatever the law, whatever the word tells you. Now, the law, I'm not talking about the Old Testament law. That's cut off and done away with. That's no more a part of us or what we need to uh, abide by. We abide by the New Testament commandments. Amen? Okay, all right. So, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Okay, so you meditate on it to make your way prosperous, and you have good success. Meditate on the word of God. Amen? Okay, in verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you get, uh, go. Again, he's telling you he's with you wherever you go. Not to be afraid and not not be um, um, fearful or doubtful or any of that. Okay? Okay, be careful to do according to all that is written in the Word. Um, let's look at, I want to show you this, look at Exodus 23, 25, as long as we're up here in this area. Exodus 23. Verse 25, there's always, um, there's always with every promise, there's a God side and a man side. 
God's side says this, and then there's something the man's side has to do. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? You'll see it. Let's look at Exodus 23:25, And this is a scripture verse I've shared before that I, I used myself. Um, verse 25, for healing. But you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. So there is, your place is to serve the Lord. So you will serve the Lord your God. And then he's going to bless your bread and water. What is that? Your bread and your water. <laughs> no, it's your, your physical needs that you have, whether it's food, finances, whatever it is. Okay? And your water. And I will move, remove sickness from your midst. So, and I've told this story before, but I had one night on Wednesday night in prayer, I, I, I had a sore throat that was so terrible, I could hardly speak. But I purposed to come, and I interceded, and I prayed, and I interceded. So then when I got home, I stood. I stood on this word right here, the one I just gave you. But you shall serve the Lord your God. So when I got home, I said, Father God, I, I did what your word says. I served you tonight. I came and interceded. I served you. So I thank you, Father, that you're going to take sickness out of my midst. And so I walked and confessed that a number of times, back and forth, just kept confessing that and kept confessing that. And I said, Father, I thank you that you're removing sickness out of the midst of me because I served you tonight. I served you. See the man side and the God side, the man side served. The God side, then he's going to remove the sickness. Okay, so so anyway, I, I the next morning, you know when you have a terrible sore throat like that, the next thing is the, the sneezing and the congestion and all that icky stuff. Not a thing the next morning. It was all gone. It was all gone because I had put the word to work. I had done what he said, and he did what he said. Okay? All right, let's look at Philippians. That's the man's side and God's side. I want you to see it in a, in a different um, place now. Philippians 4. Six. But see, some of you may, or people may have to find a scripture verse first to be able to stand on. Find a scripture verse to stand on and then meditate on it, you know, and um, do what it says to do. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but... In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Okay, so that's my, that's man's side. That's my side. Okay, that's what I have to do. Be anxious for nothing, but make my requests clear and precise to God. And, you know, when it says uh, requests, that means be exact, you know, about it. And so be anxious for nothing. So I cast the care upon the Lord, and I pray, and I, and I ask Him to, um, a prayer, a prayer request, and then um, what God does is verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Because I did verse six, then I get verse seven. You see that the man side and the God side. Okay, all right. So um, see, God play, has His part to play, and then you have your part to do. So always be looking for those those areas, you know, promise, promise. Okay. A lot of times, where um, you can be turning to um, 
Romans 4.21, I believe. A lot of times um, uh, people are waiting for God to do something. We've prayed about it. We prayed about it. Then we, we wait for God to do something about it, you know. And see, God has already done all he's going to do in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God's already done all of that. And so we have to do our part then, see. It's, it's a, but people are waiting for God to do something. And um, what we have to do is we have to possess the promise. We have to take hold of it and put it to work in our life. What the promise, what God promised you, what has God promised you? Are you putting it to work in your life? Is he promised peace in your home? What do you need to do to get to that peace? What do you need to do? You can pray and break the power. I'm not saying you can't break the power of the demonic attack against your family. That's, that's, that's part of the word. But there's a, there's a, whatever promise he's given you, then if he's promised to have peace in the home, do what you know to do. Go aggressively after it. That's your job. That's your job. Okay. So, um, Okay, that word possessed there. Well, we're going to do Romans, Romans 4, and we're going to talk about Abraham. But all we have to do is, is that word possessed there is to occupy. And I thought as I was studying this out, a good thing that, that a good uh, definition of that was by driving out the previous tenants and possessing their place. Driving out the previous tenants and possessing their place. So let's just say you have... Uh, you're you're going after to possess the promise. You're going to possess the promise. Let's say you run into fear and doubt. Well, you're going to have to do something about it, whether it's meditate and speak out the word, or it's pray and break the power of the demonic, whatever the Lord shows you. But see, what you're doing is you're pushing that doubt and unbelief out, and you're going to occupy that place. See, you're going to occupy that place. It's the same thing, the same thing when you deal with a stronghold, when you're praying for people with how they have a stronghold, you pull the stronghold down, but there's something has to occupy that place. Otherwise, the devil's going to come back, the enemy is going to come back, and he's going to see that nothing's occupying that, and he's going to come back in and, oh, it's empty, I'll bring a few friends. See, it's important that that gets occupied. So, so when you're believing God, you, you're standing on a promise and you're believing for him to uh, bring that to pass, you have to do your part too, okay? You can't just get somebody to pray for you and then sit down and wait for it. Well, why hasn't God brought it? Especially when he told you to do something about it. The man's side, the God's side, remember? Okay, so um, it's similar to an example that I have was that maybe I'll help you see that a little bit better. When I inherited the farm... When I inherited the farm, I had to do something with that. I couldn't just, God, would you do something with this farm? I had to do something with it. I had to occupy. I had to take care of it. I had to do what I knew to do. That's the same thing you do when you go to possess the the word, the promise. You possess the promise. You do something with it that God has told you to do. Amen? Okay, so... um, if if I hadn't have occupied that, there wouldn't have been a blessing. It wouldn't have produced anything. It wouldn't have been available. It, it just there just wouldn't have been so many things that wouldn't have happened. So let's look at um, Abraham here, Romans four. Um, 
I got 21 here, but let's see. Um, verse 17, God's call on Abraham, a father of many nations. Um, in 18, in hope against hope, he believed in order that, let's see, I got this out of the Amplified. Just a minute, let me go to that first. It's better in the Amplified. Um, okay. Verse, uh, let's just 17 again. As is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and, and speaks of the non-existent things that he had foretold and promised as if they already existed. Verse 18. Now the Amplified, remember, amplifies things out. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. See, what Abraham was looking at his body, and it was 100 years old, he looked at his body, and his hope, natural hope, was gone. But what did he do? Hoped on in faith that he should become the father of many nations. See, we can look at the situation, but see, our faith should be in a place, and if it isn't, we can get it there by praying, by meditating, by confessing, you know, about the situation. But he, he was fully assured, he's fully assured that what God had promised him, he was going to bring it to pass. And that's where we need to be. We need to be fully assured that if God has promised you healing, not if, if for sure he has, then he's well able to bring it to pass. But you have to possess it. You understand where I'm going with this? I think we leave the possessed part out. We know that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. And that's the promise. Yes, I'm going to stand on that. I'm still standing on it. Nothing's happened. I'm still standing on it. What am I supposed to do? I need to speak it out. I need to confess it. I need to grab hold of it and bring it into manifestation. God did it through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anything, anything, whatever. If you're dealing with a drug addiction, anything like that, Jesus has paid the price. So if he's carrying it, why are we? If he carried it, why do we? We don't need to carry it. Because he has it. Remember a couple of weeks ago we had the, well, he's not the centurion, but he's my guy, over here had the black robe on, and we got the robe of righteousness, and he got the robe of ick. <laughs> the robe of ick. Anyway, see, that's the way it is. If you can't do anything else but picture that, picture him. I did that for a long time. I pictured him carrying whatever I was dealing with. He took it and he carried it away. He took sickness and disease and he carried it away. He took drug addiction and alcoholism and carried it away. He took it away from you. He took it away from you. You do not have it. Only what you want to hang on to. <laughs> and if you, you just have to have your mind renewed to the fact that it's not mine anymore. It's his. And I'll tell you, if you get your mind renewed to the fact that he carried it away, you'll be free. There won't be any struggle with that. Amen? Won't be any struggle with it. Any of those areas, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, whatever it is. Any of those areas. Amen? Okay, so let's see. Where were we? Um, Okay, so he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, 
which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead womb. See, he considered it. <laughs> he knew that greater was greater. the greater one had promised him something, and that's what he was looking at. He wasn't looking at the body. He wasn't looking at his or Sarah's, but he was looking at the promise that God had given him. Amen? Now, there are promises you can stand on in the word of God, and and but you you know God's still talking to this day. God's still talking. You know, like uh, there was no promise in the Word of God that God was going to bring all these people in from all over. I couldn't find that in the Word, but God told me that that was a promise, and then I stood on that, and I stood on that, and then I've been standing on that. And every time the enemy tried to lie to me about it, I had to go back and God, you promised this. You promised this. See, now, now I do everything I know to do to possess it. I intercede. I, I continue to confess it and talk about it like I've been doing today. I bring it up because God's bringing it to pass. Amen? God is bringing it to pass. Amen. Okay, so um, so verse um, 20. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. So praise and worship is a, a, a key here. It's a real key as well. But no unbelief, no unbelief or distrust made him waver. He never wavered because of the promise. He knew the promise and he was given praise and glory to God. He stayed focused on what God had said. He stayed focused on the pray, on the, uh, the promise, and he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God, but he didn't, he didn't waver in unbelief or distrust because God had told him that this was the promise. Amen? So 21, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was accredited to him as righteousness and right standing with God. That, that That's why he's in the hall of faith. In, in the last chapter, I believe it is, is Hebrews. He was fully persuaded. And that fully persuaded there, I think this is really good if you want to write this down. And in, the, in studying it out, it says, of the soul thoroughly permeated. Thoroughly permeated. You know, like if you have a sponge and you soak it up with water, that sponge is thoroughly permeated. It's it's as full as it can get, so that it so that if somebody comes and gives you a hug, what drips out is by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. If somebody gives you a hug, all my needs are met in Christ Jesus. If somebody gives you a hug, greater is He that's in me than He that's in this world. You're fully persuaded. You're fully absorbed. Amen. Fully absorbed. Uh, thoroughly permeated, thoroughly permeated. That's where we need to be with the, the word when we're believing God for, for manifestation. Fully convinced. Okay. Um, let's look then at Second Peter. We're just about done. I've got a little skit, a demonstration we're going to do here. Second Peter, please. One, three. Second Peter one three. 
Well, let's start with two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Okay, so everything, we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen? Isn't that awesome? I mean, if you just meditate on that. If you're born again, you've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Verse 4, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Okay? So it's the promises of God that are in, that enable us to become a partaker of the divine nature. The promises of God, like um, 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 by his stripes I am healed. So we become partaker. That's a promise. We become partaker of his divine nature, or partaker of health and wholeness. Amen? You see that? We become a partaker of that. Because the promise, we stand on the promise. That's why we can say that he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Because we stand on the promise, and the promise brings that to pass. Okay? Do you want me to say that again? I'll see if I can. (laughs) Because we stand on the promise of God, we can say, Like by his stripes I'm healed. We can say that we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Okay? His nature welling up on the inside of us because we're standing on his promises and we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Health, wholeness, prosperity, peace, joy, all of the fruit of the Spirit are all ours are all ours. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. If we need one of those to come into manifestation, we find the promise and we pull it in. We possess that promise because it's ours. Does that make sense? Okay. You know, all the promises, you know, we talked last week about, not last week, the week before, about being in Christ. So if you look at, um, I think it's Second Corinthians, yeah, one twenty. all of the promises are yes. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, I find these scripture verses I've heard through the years, and a lot of times we hear these scripture verses, but there's a word here and a word here that's been left out. And this morning I was looking at that scripture verse. All of, all of our, all of his uh, promises are yes and amen. But you know how come they're yes? Oh, we better read this. Okay, let's, let's go to Second Corinthians. Just back up a little bit. Second Corinthians 120. And I gotta look at it out of the amplified. You'll see it better if I do the, the amplified part of it. Um, how many of you understand there are promises all throughout the Bible for us? Okay, uh, there's promises. All kinds. We, we hit on a few of them, but there's all kinds of promises. And then there's the promises that God gives you if you spend time fellowshipping with Him. Second Corinthians 120 out of the amplified. Well, let's see, one second. Okay. 
All right. For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes, their yes answer in him, in Christ. The promises of God are all yes in Christ. So if you're not in an in Christ position, but you're believing God for a promise of healing, is that going to manifest for you? No. Because it's the promises are all yes in Christ. You know, you get out of Christ when you are in an area of sin or doubt and unbelief. That's all sin. You get out of Christ. So you have to, the promises are all yes. That's great. But it's in, in Christ. The promises are yes. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's all always yes. Okay, I want you to see this a little. I, I, I can't use Ryan for this because it, it will dwarf it. You're too tall, Ryan. Um, let's see here. Bowen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is when you get born again. This is what you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. But see what happens, we never open this up. We never open up the promises of God. We never possess it. See, you get presents at Christmas, right? You can't wait to open the packages. Well, if you're still a kid at heart, <laughs> there's nothing in there. <laughs> you can't you can't wait to open up the packages, right? And so you want to possess it right away. See, that's the kind, that's what we should have, the attitude we should have when God's given us everything that pertains to life. And God, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. I'm going to possess this. I want that. And see, those things come by, can you get both of them? That's why I had to get a short. Yeah, see, this is all based on the promises of God. Everything that pertains to life and godliness because of the promises. Amen? Amen. So, so we can get this, but we got to do this too. All right, thank you. Does that help you see a little bit better? I took time to rest. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I took time to wrap that this morning for about two seconds, right? Anyway, so, so I just want you to see that we, we don't, unwrap what God has given us. We don't possess it. And we need to be possessing that which is ours. We we leave it sometimes set out of, we just don't know, out of being, not having the, the knowledge of God that God has given us something. You know, so much of the time we may hear, well, we've been given by his stripes, we're healed, but then we don't know over here that that if we do this, we're, he's going to meet every need that we have. Amen? Or he's going to prosper us in this area. Or he's going to, whatever he's going to do. So sometimes we have to play catch up with some of those things. Sometimes we're real sharp. We're real uh, on top of like the healing scriptures. You may, you may have them under your belt, but you may not have uh, the ability to walk in peace. So that's an area you have to gird yourself up in. Or you may not have an area to, uh, to be able to um, believe God for finances. And so that's an area that you, you need to gird yourself up and possess what God has done for you. Possess it. And when you speak it out, when you confess it out, you confess it out, not mealy-mouthed. <laughs> mealy-mouthed, everybody know what that word is. Not not like a, um, well, mealy-mouthed. Not, not, oh, I, I, I got the, I got the, 
by his stripes I'm healed. Not mealy-mouthed, you know, not woe is me, not I don't know if it's mine. Is that my, is that promise mine? Is that something I can walk in? I mean, all these things play into that, that, um, possessing, possessing the promises. Okay? You keep, you come boldly before the throne of grace and you say, that healing promise is mine in Jesus' name. That fin- my, my finances meet my need in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for meeting my need financially. Thank you, Father, for doing that, you know? And um, it's amazing where finances will show up at. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We love you, Father, so much, and you are so good. And we just want to give you all the praise and glory. And, Father, we choose to walk in obedience, to put the word to work, Father, because then it won't return void, but it'll accomplish a mighty work, Father. We thank you, Father, that we're not just hearers, but we're doers of the word. We put it to work in our life. And, Father, we possess that which you have given us. We possess those promises, Father, and we thank you that they manifest into abundant life that Jesus gave us. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But, Father, you sent Jesus so that we could have life and have it abundantly. So, Father, we thank you for that abundant life manifesting right now as we go out the door father those promises ring in our ears and the abundant life comes to our door in jesus name and everybody said amen 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 amen